Hemshechayim Beis, Volume One. We're up to Discourse Twenty Eight. Vayishlach Yankiv, Page Reish Ches, Two O Eight, Chapter Kuf Ches, One O Eight. Okay, so the Friedrich Kedabu gives a summary of the beginning of each discourse. What does he say in Vayishlach? Dalad Rapsi de Echod. Okay, the large Dalad of uh, the word Echod in Shema. And the last chapter was Yaakov Asamatseva Vilegal. Okay. So, as I discussed in the last class, in a, in a long summary, what he's doing here now is explaining the whole context of the role of Sphiris through the story of Yaakov. First with Lovan and then Yaakov with Esav. So briefly, here's how he explains it. Now, you look in Chumash and Pasha Vayetze, this week's Pasha actually, you see stones play a very prominent role. Everywhere there's a stone. There's first the stones he takes and puts under his head. The stones are quarrel, they turn into one. Then he takes from that stone and he turns it into... I saw, by the way, Arya Kaplan translates Matseva pillar. Yeah, I translated marker. More fitting, I think, marker, based on what it says here, because I'm a kuda. But he translates matseva. Anyway, he takes the stone, makes a matseva, and then pours oil on it, anoints it, and says, Yeh le It's interesting that this week he talks about the stones, protection for the head. People are finding shelter for their heads here. Yeah. Then he goes on, and, and the stone, of course, the stone that covers the well, that only Yaakov can lift. It's with stones. Then... At the end of the Pasha, when he makes his covenant with Lovon, Yaakov, so it's again with stones. And it's very similar. He takes the stone and makes a matzeva. Then, then he tells the Echov, he tells the family, he tells his oven to take, they should gather stones, and they make a gal. A gal is what we call a mound. And uh, this becomes And here the discussion is what's the difference between matzeva and gal, which we didn't yet get into. He asked the question, why he made a matzeva. The Baha'i says he wanted Lovin also to make a matzeva as a marker, but Molovin instead made a gal, more of a mound. A matzeva clearly is one stone that you'd use as a marker. Okay. Um, so, how do you explain the thing with the stones? So, I, I, I realized once I started learning it, Evan Sapir. He's in the middle of explaining. Sphiris have three meanings. One is the meaning that comes from the word number, misper. One is the meaning of Sphira from the word story, sipur. And the third interpretation, which we began here, is Evan Sapir. A shining, a brilliant stone. A stone that illuminates. Stones, as he said, is Asius. Or Kalim. What it simply means is that we're dealing here with the interface between the divine and existence. The question is, how do you bring together finite and infinite? How do you bring together something that is so divine and something so mundane? So the way God created existence, this is the reason we have a whole Seder Shtashlos, and namely the Sviris, this is the main theme of Ayin Beis, is how do you bring these two worlds together? They're opposites. The answer is there's continuous interfaces that God planted into existence. So we have interfaces which is like a maturgamen, like a translator. An interface has to have a part from this side, a part from that side, like a mediator. So a mediator speaks both languages. So you have everything in the state of has an element of existence in it, of structure, and has an element of elokus, of divine. 
The spheres play a central role because the spheres, as he said, all giluim come through spheres, all the way from the highest levels before the tzimtzum. Even spheres ain't kets. When there's no there's no number to them, there's still a sphere. So what does the word sphere mean? So essentially, sphere plays this, has three meanings, really three dimensions. So number one, a sphere um, indicates a number. What's number? Number is in one word, essentially how we measure existence. Everything in this material world is measured by numbers. Whether it's quantity, whether it's volume, whether it's size, height, weight, width. Everything is by number. That's how we define something. Someone says, define, describe to me something. You describe it with a number. That's the first. Now, we know it's an external description. You tell some, someone is six feet tall and they weigh 150 pounds. Actually, that's a, that means he's in good shape. Um, you're not saying much about the person. All you're saying is a description. But that's how we define things. You know, look at your license. What do they ask? They don't ask for your personality. They ask you about your uh, your numbers, basically. But within the... But so, as he explained in the within the number, however, lies a deeper story. So we say 10. For example, the number 10. We know the 10 has really 10 energies in it. And 10 qualities. Then comes the second story, the deeper story. That a sphere tells the story. It tells the story of Gvul and tells the story of God, the, the, the source as we discussed at length. And then comes where we're up to now, is Evan Sapir. That spheres are meant to be transparent channels. I just want to explain it with an example, just to make it a little palatable. We spoke about it, but I just want to spell it out. If you look at your life, each of us looks at our lives, what you do right now, this morning, what you're going to do later today. So really, there's two things going on in everything we do. There's what we do, and what, the, and what its purpose is. Most of us are involved most of the time with survival. What do I mean by that? You sleep a third of your life. A third of the day you sleep. If you sleep eight hours, that's exactly a third. If you sleep a little less, it's a little less than a third. But it's a big... We eat. We shop. We do all the other things that are means to this. This. So basically, what we're involved with, if you want to use the Balash and is not just containers, Kalim, with the outer, outer dimension of containers. So, what was the purpose of existence? Why did God give us life? Why do you have a body? Why do you wake up in the morning? To make a dir You're sent on a mission. Your Nisham was sent here to change the world. To bring godliness into the world. Transform your corner of the world. Make it a more sacred, a more refined, a more sensitive place. And we all know that takes a Veda. That's not natural. When you wake up, you think about your own interests first. Even if you're a good person, you may help somebody. But primarily, most of your preoccupation is what we call the world of yesh. This doesn't mean it's bad. It's the way God created existence. We just want to point out how little aidus we really have going on. When you do something that is a little more focused on the purpose, you're then focusing on the neshama. So in other words, how much of what we do is in the neshama's interest and how much is the body's interest? You know, if you have to make a list of the things you did today or to yesterday, how many things would you say are body-related and how many are soul-related? I'm not even talking about evil or, or the half, halavai. I would say uh, 99 to 1, it's materialistic. 100%. Time-wise, maybe your, your kavon is, is the higher one. But, okay, that, I, I, I admire your, uh, admire that, that's pretty nice. That's a bain, he's ever shaved. But you wouldn't even be able to do the other things, if it was up to be that's all, if you don't do that, you can't, you can't do the, even that one mitzvah. Uh, yeah, but, but, but I'm not talking about, of course you can, but that's where you stop. 
The question is, what, what, uh, listen, the nature of the beast is that when you have pain, you feel your pain. You don't feel my pain. You feel yourself. That's very close, close up, Taniva Afsi Eid. Okay. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to paint a negative. This is the way God created. He created a Tzimtzum Adishin. He concealed his presence. And searching for God and living a life that is godly is not an easy thing. Let's take the other extreme. A Rebbe. A Tzadik. A Markova. The others are a Markova. What means a Markova? Let's pick a moment. So he says in Tanya, a Markova means 24-7. He's a, literally a chariot. He is a, a vehicle for something else, not himself. There's no self-interest. That means everything, his eating, his sleeping, his walking, everything he does is basically aligned. This is called transparent keli. This would be like a neshama vatsilis. Kelim of Atzilus, all they're doing is revealing the air of Elokus. How it translates in human terms, the body and the Evarim, and all the physical containers and aces of this person, Keiches and Levushim, are all aligned to the Eiris, which in turn are aligned to what God wants. Is this something that we can achieve? Tani says no, because only a Tzadik, I mean the Ziyadal of Im, uh, you know, if you do Yahweh, God could send in a Nisham of a Tzadik. But that's not what's expected of us. What's expected of us is that we should control our Levushim. If, if you do Yahweh, yeah, yeah, not guaranteed. He says he could. Yeah. We are expected to control our, our, our thought, speech, and action. To say that we're aligned 24-7 with what's Zerotz and Elyon, Bizman Azah, is not expected from anybody. No. But yet, but we, you have to know there's a standard like that. There are people like It's just to give an example how far we are from it. It's not, to, it's not to knock us. It's just to show how deep the Helamnus of the Stadium are that Kalim are not aligned with their Aedas. To put it in simpler English, just I, I say this always to people who don't even, learn, don't even know what I am basis. Um, how aligned, if someone asks you, who are you? Most people give you their business card. Right? That's not who you are. That's what you do. Who are you? It's a very difficult question to answer who I am. Do you know who you are? Are you a product of your parents? Are you a product of your community? Let me see, I'm a Lubavitcher. I'm an Orthodox Jew. What, are you a human being? Are you a homo sapien? I mean, what, what, what does it mean, who you are? <laughs> who are you? So who are you is a very difficult question to answer. Is who are you really? We probably don't know much of who we are. Who we are is how God envisioned our soul to be. Well, you could say, I know what I go- I'm good at. I know what I do. I know what I'm involved in. So how much aligned is what we do with who we are? That would be a question, how your kalim are aligned. I'm applying this into uh, some simple psychological, practical terms. How aligned are your kalim to your eris? That's the question. This is not about uh, criticizing. This is about you know, knowing the problem is have the cure. You have to know the situation. Most of us are very no, mostly not aligned with our soul's interests. Most people who, who work will tell you that they don't even like their job. Some will say, I learned to like my job. Some will say, I never wanted to do this. I ended up doing this because I, I needed parnas. You know, but people live very much with a big dichotomy, a split between who they are and what they do. This is an example of a split between Kalim and, and Eris. Now, what the Tanya says, what's expected of us is we will have two, voice, two voices. The Nefesh Abamas is interested in Kalim. The, the Kalim, of, of, obviously, of Klippa. What means Kalim of Klippa? It means it's, it's, its own self-interest. Every time you have a battle, the two choices you have to make, am I going to take care of myself right now, or am I going to help somebody else? 
That's a battle. That battle is the way it was meant to be. What's expected of us is to win the battle by saying, you know what? I have that voice inside of me, but my thought, speech, and action is not going to be controlled by that voice. I remember when I was in yeshiva, we had Rabbi Saul Opkovsky was our mashgiach in Ocean Parkway. Anyway, one day there was this guy who used to come always at 11 o'clock. He used to say this starts 9, he would come 11. So Rabbi Saul, you know, tried, with, tried first punishing, then they tried with good, and he said to him, look, you know, if you learn Tanya, it says you have two voices. You have them every morning. When you wake up, it says, you, know, you wake up, let's say, 7 o'clock, your alarm goes off. So your Nefeshel Kass is telling you to get out of bed and go. Your Nefeshel Bas and Bamas are telling you to sleep a little more. So say to yourself, you have this battle, and just t- t- tell your Nefeshel Bamas that uh, right now you got to go. If you can do that. Okay, it seems like a good advice. <laughs> anyway, so the Bachar, uh, okay, so it helped for two days, for three days, that he would go. He came, started coming at 9 o'clock. Then one morning, back to uh, 11 o'clock again. So Abishol calls, what, what, what happened? He says, exactly what you said happened. Nefeshelikir said I should go to, Z- to Yeshiva. Nefeshelikir said sleep a little more. And it took me two hours to win. The Nefeshelikir took two hours for the Nefeshelikir to win. Anyway, the point I'm making here is we are so accustomed to our lives. If you want to see this properly, the first thing you have to be ready to say is honesty. He said 50-50. I'm not going to challenge him. You challenge yourself. It's ridiculous what you're saying, 50-50. No, you don't have to be including the night also. Include uh... everything. Include just the days you're hour, away, hours awake. 50-50-50, never shall kiss 50, never shall promise. How do you know what they have? The Machshav is Zoras, obviously. They're learning, they're learning most of the day. Okay, you're talking Chetanius, or are you talking about this? Here we have, we have some specimens. Here's a Bachar, 50-50. <laughs> He means in his days, the listen, we're not here for a confessional. This is not the point. It's not group therapy. Uh, uh, let me just say this. I'm speaking about myself. No way, 50-50. But, you know, I'll tell you what happens. When I get my ego involved in my work, and my work happens to be good work, like right now, we're learning this. This seems to be, uh, right, the Nefesh kiss. I would say the Nefesh is the Nefesh, at least for me. I enjoy this. My Nefesh my, my, my is didn't enjoy this. I don't know if I'd be so much involved. To be honest, that's my honest approach. Fine, but by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. It says, Number one. Number two, the Rebbe said, you know, is often the event. Our job is, no one said you have to destroy your ego. Better use your ego for Kedusha purpose than use, not use the ego, use the ego for the opposite. And ego is always going to be there, so you might as well uh, harness it. Now, my point that I'm trying to make here is, I'm just trying to give an example of Kaley Menetis in our lives. So kalim are the things we're involved in. Now in Elam Hazah, there's a big distortion. You go to Atzillus, kalim don't have an, an, another agenda. There's no such thing as doing something else. In Atzillus, it's, it's natural that every keli is aligned with its air. Keli chesed is air chesed. And there's no other agenda. In Bria, you would say, it's starting to have a little other agenda. You know, it's Rube Tev and Midra. In Yitzira, it becomes 50-50. In Yitzira, it's Rube Self. Yesh, and mute for God, and Nasiya Gashmi Achumri. Look what he says in Tanya Pereklam Advav. He said, "Dir betachtenim, tachtenim begilei lekus behelam acher helam ache yared lemat helam behester molik lipus zitra achre ache menagdim lerotzin seniyz baruch." Right? Reemrim and even Avsiyed. That's how dark it gets. 
There's a sikha from the Rebbe, Miketz, I think, in Mamzayim, where the Rebbe actually enumerates how each level, you know, is Nugay. In Pashat and Tanya, Mamish see darker, darker, dark. But when you look at this, you can realize, you see, we're here, we're born in this world, all you see is, is Kalim, you don't see much Eiris. You start deducing, you know what, if there's a world, in so I wants to put it here. You start learning Teda, Teda reveals to you there's a higher reality. But, it's, but we live in an agnostic universe. God created a universe where you can easily deny God any time. Which means the Kalim are not aware of their Eidus. That's the bottom line. Now throw into the picture Levushim, which is what we're discussing, then it really gets more complicated. Because Levushim, a Kali in Atsilis, the question is how does it get so concealed? Because at the end of the day, containers like faculties, if divi- let's put it this way, if Atsilis is like divine faculties, faculties, as we said, are revealers. They're not concealers. Your faculties don't tell the whole story of your soul, but they definitely reveal when you're thinking. When you're using your mind or your heart, it's an expression of revelation. So that's why comes the next step is Levushim, which is called Parsois in Kabbalah. A Parsa is the Gal. So the story of Yaakov and Esav is really the story of bringing a Lakus into a world that's where it's concealed. Yaakov is the one that is Atzilus, calls it Balatikun. He's the one that works with a sheep. Sheep is Yitziah, from the word Yitziah Tzain, that brings out these Eiris into Kalim. That's Yaakov's Aved, Kelim of Atzilus. Lovon, as he explained, there's two interpretations in Lovon. Lovon of Gdusha, in the source, and that's Levena Elyon. So Yaakov is working with Levena, he's Bimamshech, he's drawing down from the source that's higher than Kelim, that's higher than all these levels. That's like he says, Keser of Atzilus, higher than Atzilus. Draws it down into Akudim, Nekudim, Vrudim, that's Biyah, B'ni Klolim. And then this is second. And the gal there, what's the gal? The role of the gal there is to conceal the bleak vul of the energy, but it still remains divine. So he gives the example of what's a gal? A gal is stones. You make a pile of stones. Stones are letters. But they're bundled, but when you make a pile of them, they're not organized. When you speak an organized discussion, it's an organized flow. That would be like if you lined up the stones in order. But you make a pile of them, they're just they're just disorganized. That is like disor- that's is like example of a riddle. A riddle, a chidah, or what you put in the kameh, where you conceal the idea. I just saw in the Mitla Rebbe, he says that also when, when you pile up stones, it doesn't let light through. But a little can break through. That's Yaakov. So what does he love and do? He builds a gal. First, love and the Gdusha. What's the gal's role? The gal's role is like bringing a muscle, because the energy is too intense to bring manifest in existence. You need to have this gal. You need to have a mound, and yet like a boundary. And it should go, and, and therefore it conceals... Uh, but it's still of the same Elokos. This is a Kalim of Atzilus. Then he says there's Lovan of Klippa. That's Lovan that's lower than Yaakov. And here the Gal, Lovan is the opposite. Lovan doesn't want, want, builds a Gal. He doesn't want to have Elokos because he doesn't want to have Bittl. So he wants to be on his own. That would be where this world, Elam Hazat, to use, to use the example I gave before, is not interested in, in Eris. When you speak to someone, they say, I'm not interested. My life is good. What do, you, what do you want from me? Or when you say that to yourself, as I said, we live in a world that's dominated by Kalim and by Levush. So you focus on that. You focus on external, superficial things. And you don't want to have the Eid. You don't want to have the Bittl. That is the Gal of Lovon, the negative. And this is where the end of the story is that Yaakov, the Yaakov took a stone. He said, the stone is Malchus. And he made a Matseva from it. He made it into a Patsif. He reveals in it a Lukus. 
And then he makes it a keli to be a base of the kim. That's what he, how he ended last Mimer. A base of the kim is that it's a revelation even higher than his source. It's basically like a taste of what, will be, what happened by Matan Teda and a taste of what will be when Mashiach comes. Where there'll be complete revelation of this world. Where the kelim and the eris will be completely aligned. So essentially, basically, if you want to apply it to our lives, it's very, it's very basic. We have this struggle all the time. How much of your kelim are aligned with your eris? Or you want to put it in, in different aces, how much of what you do is aligned with the kavon, or the rebbe's rotsen, or with the shlichus of your life? That's what it comes down to. I would say like this. Many people, most people, are primarily, there's an element of shituv going on, whatever, compartmentalization we call it. Most of your life is you take care of your needs, and from time to time you do something for a higher cause. Um, so you could say, okay, what about a shliach? A shliach who dedicates his 24-7, his whole life is being a shliach. Well, you know, even a shliach, his dedication, but the bottom line is you get everyone gets used to what they do, and you could also become mitzvah sanashim alamad. So everybody's dealing with elam hazah. Nobody's not challenged by that. And the, the goal is obviously, is to so there's loving of gedusha is the containers that can seal in order to reveal, in order to uh, bring bring existence into place and we should have we should not be annihilated. And Lovin of Klippa is the one that wants to conceal there should be no bitl. In other words, there should be a, a dar- the darkness should prevail, that we should remain selfish in our world. That's essentially what he said till here. And now we'll learn Vayishlach, where he'll say that after Yaakov did this Aveda with Lovin, now he comes to this Parsha Yishlach to Esau, he's ready to tell Esau, now I'm ready for you. That's the next step of the Birr. Did you imagine that Yaakov was the light that shines through the gal? So yeah, Lashni Yaboka. Yaakov Yaboka. Pierces. Pierces. But it's a pierce. It's not, it's not easy. It has to pierce through because it's, it's very dark. Essentially, it goes like this. Look, Eide and Sof, obviously everything is aligned there. There's no Kale nothing. It's all in there. It's Ahdus. Then God creates a universe, an independent entity. The Tzimtzum Harishan is the key, obviously. Because it conceals the whole energy. But even after it conceals and the kav comes, which is, think of it like a ray of light, like a teacher starting to slowly teach, it's still an enormous and very intense power. So it needs continuous concealments. And and as as it gets concealed, as the power of the energy, let's put it this way, the power of the divine kavana gets concealed, which is the light, the containers emerge. And the containers have to emerge because that's the kavana. So the concealment has a good intention at that point. But then it also has a a side effect. Too much concealment creates, you're too independent. Which is what happens in this world. Or you want to go shvira sakelim. And I'm not going to go through all the stages. And our job is to realign it and climb back the ladder and connect the kelim all the way to the air, level by level by level by level. So basically, Lovon and Yaakov plays two roles. One is how the airs go into the kelim through a gal of Kedusha, so to speak. And then there's how the gal resists, uh, resists um, returning. It doesn't want to. It's, it's, it's happy with its life. It's not interested in bittel. That's the, the the gist of it. Yaakov, of course, is the force that creates gili. That's how he explains basically the whole story with the stones and Pasha Vayetze, This week's Pasha. So that means that our like, if we were Yaakov, so to say, then in, in relationship to Lavan of Klippa, we're doing the same thing. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, let's put it this way. We have a loving within us, you could say, and a Yaakov within us. Loving within us is interested, is not interested. It's like when you say, you know what? 
uh, right now I have to take care of myself. And uh, for Nefesh kiss we'll deal with, uh, you know, Shabbos comes or something like that. And, uh, and yes, there's a battle going on. But we have the power of Yaakov to deal with it. That's the key. Like he said, that the Yaakov... Yeah. In other words, I want to just add one more thing because this parenthesis bothered me, was this. That even though the structure of existence does have a seder, where, for example, when you have to convey an idea, you need to be malbushed, you have to enclose it in examples and even riddles to conceal, but there's still revelations in existence that are from higher than the parsa, from a place that's beyond the parsa. That's actually when we certain in the Maimorim that this is sourced in, they talk about neshamas that come from a higher level that were not affected by the parsa. By the way, another word for parsa I think is cloak. Cloak is a very good word. Because they cloak and and uh, shroud the energy. So there are neshamas. So basically Yaakov was really yeah, bringing... Like. Curtain, yeah, but they're all curtain. I mean, technically a parsa is a curtain, a parechus. A curtain, a veil... Right, no, but you could have. Yeah, yeah, but a curtain could be, you know, there's different levels of curtains. There's, there's, there's a, uh, a complete transparent, there's translucent, as we spoke, and there's opaque, where it covers almost everything. You have different levels, which are all part of the process. But there are, what he said, remember the parentheses where he says that Yaakov really brings from Eid Atzmi that's even higher. That's a key thing here, because if you have, you could say the questions like this if Lovin is the Parsa, the negative, Lovin of Klippa. And Yaakov is the heir. Why does the heir dominate here? The answer is because Yaakov is bringing an heir that's higher than where the pastor comes from. So therefore it has the power to pierce it. But nevertheless, this is the what, the story that's going on. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of summary here because if you look in the sources, it's amazing. The, 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 this is all from the Alter Rebbe and the Mittler Rebbe. Okay. So let's start by Yishlach, Reish Ches. By Yishlach, Yankim Malachim, the fun of El Esav Achim. Yaakov sent Malachim before him to his brother Esav. Kreishemrun. And this is what you saw, this is what you should say to Esav. What should you say? Im lovin garti. Yaakov tells the malachim, whether it's angels or mishluchim or messengers, that tell tell my brother Esav that I lived with Garti and I delayed until now. It means for 20 years he was away. The tzorach lahovin, we have to understand, mamadiyaloi, what was he notifying him? Hasipur Shahim Lovin. Why was he notifying him the story that happened with him, his whole narrative with Esav? With Lovin, rather. Why is that important to Why is that Negea? Why is that of interest or relevant to Esav? What does he care? Verashi Pirish, Rashi explains, in Lovin Garti, Tayag Mitzvah Shamarti. That Garti is the word Tayag. That he's telling Esav, I lived with Garti, with, I lived with Lovin. And I kept the Tayag Mitzvahs, even though it was with love and I kept them. So Garti means I loved and kept the Mitzvahs. The Gamzeinim moving. And also this is not understood. How does this, how does this? Haloi Eitzel Esav, Loi Hoi Yechoshev, 
kolkach inyan kiyim amitzus. I like the kolkach. The gaitzer was not that important to him. Not that important. He says not. He didn't say loichoshuf. Inyan kiyim amitzus, the performance of mitzus. Val mamadile shashamar atayag mitzus. So why is he letting him know that he did atayag mitzus? Like as if it's going to impress him? Like what is the point? Okay. So as we'll see. This is, this is, I think, one of the only places in Nine Bays where actually the whole Pasha story is actually part of the Maimonim, not just the beginning and end. Because the whole story of Evan Sapir is taking place here. Evan, yeah. Hmm. I want to give another example just to make it palatable because I think it's critical not to keep this abstract. You know, I said before, I asked the question, if someone asks you who you are, who you are and what you do are usually not aligned. That's why for Chosid, one of the biggest things was, he knows the shlichus that Rebbe gives him, that means that Rebbe knows from above that this is why you came down. When Ramodchai, the Tzadik Nister, was told by the Baal Shem Tev, and Hashem HaKum Tarop Lamata, what was he telling him? That you can live your 70, 80 years and do all the good to Zachen, but that's not why he came down. He came down for do a favor. The Rebbe says in the Sikha, unbelievably, he says that means he's telling him that not the mitzvahs you did, not the tater you learned, not all the Veda. It was just to do a favor for a certain person. Once you're down here, obviously you have to be Mekayim Tayyak Mitzvah, but that's not why your Neshama came down. In other words, all his mitzvahs was not the purpose, which is a pretty radical statement. Okay. In other words, so the biggest chus, the biggest blessing is because we, we, when we come out of our mother's womb, we don't come out with a little box. That says your mission in life is so and so. That would be nice, right? It doesn't happen that way. You come into this world, we forgot, we forget the whole tale that we were taught, and uh, you know the Aveda, the journey. So when you're blessed and someone tells you this is your purpose, why you're here, that's an unbelievable gift. Why? Because it's it's not revealed to us in this world. I want to give another example, however, where Caleb and Edus are not aligned, and you really can appreciate the story of Lovin and, and, and Yaakov. Yaakov is obviously a, a, a teferis of Atzilus. He's essentially the world, more than that, in Yitzchayim, the words with the saying, he is Baal Hatikon, they call him. Baal of Atzilus. Yaakov is Atzilus. He epitomizes, because he obviously he brought Avram Yitzchok with him, and he epitomizes what it means to be aligned. But another example is, let's use an example, because it's also very relevant to our discussion here. The example he uses here about speech, and about thought, and about expressing ourselves. When someone asks you to speak about the weather, or sports, or anything superficial, you can talk about it forever. I mean, you see, nice enough. Open up a radio, talk radio, and all day, what do they talk about? You know, it may be interesting. I, sometimes I listen to it too, to be very honest. But if you, you think it's almost a joke, you know, and not even talking, it's one thing, analyzing a game. Then they analyze out of the season the trades. I mean, it's like ridiculous. And there are people who are even following, you know, there's college football. If you're just not football, you have to know college football. So I ask somebody, why is college football so important? He says, you can't appreciate professional football if you don't appreciate college football. If you don't appreciate, and to appreciate college football, you need to know high school football. Because that's where they all begin. You know, so anyway, my point is, there's a lot, there's, there's plenty to, uh, uh, there's a, uh, are there enough chairs? If not, okay, good, good. Then someone asks you, you know what? Uh, tell me something about yourself. 
And most people have very, very little to say. You know. Tell me you know, about your intimate self, your, your deeper, your innermost feelings. Why is it that when it comes to superficial things, we can talk and talk, and when it comes to personal things, it's not so easy to talk? And even if someone you trust, you could say, okay, personal things, I have my guard up, I'm not ready to share everything. But even with someone you trust, it's not so easy to communicate the deepest, most things. The reason is, obviously, because you yourself don't even know your deep innermost feelings, necessarily. But even if you do know, what's the reason? It seems like a paradox. The things that are closest to you should be able to talk about so much. The things that are superficial should be have very little words. The answer is because words are containers. Aces are containers. And levushim. As I'll explain in a minute. And containers, here, here's a container. How much water can you put into a container? Depends on the size of the container. Words are very limited. So words are perfect for superficial things. You want the intensity of a feeling? I don't have words. That's why we create a language called metaphor. What he said here, Asius, like Achida, or Kameis, or he called, uh, you know, what are, what are metaphors? Metaphors are Mashalim. Poetry is metaphor. I don't know if you ever read poetry. When I was a kid, when we were in school, I read poetry, and I would always ask my teacher, I said, why can't the guy just say what he means? Why does he have to say it so cryptically? And the truth is, till this day, I'm not really sure. I think it's, it just sounds, you know. But then, obviously, the reason is because it captures a certain feeling that you can't capture in regular language. Think of a niggin. Why can't why a song expresses something that words doesn't express? Because words are just inadequate. So when Alter Rebbe and Shklov got up and said Tamaru, Tamaru Kitevavai, what, what he realized that all as many words as he'll say, no matter how brilliant he is, you'll just reach a certain part. A niggin. What's a nigan? A nigan expands the containers. The so containers are no longer so limited. So conventional language just cannot contain such intensity. Now the interesting thing is the deeper you go inside yourself, the less containers there are. A song. Okay? Then there are things that are so deep that even a song won't express it. You have, what says, Kabbalah says, Kol Adolayishtam. Or let's go before that. You say, an oive, a real oive from the depths of uh, grandmother's... Uh, Kishkes, a krechts, right. Or gewald, or a laugh, or a cry, can express more vo- vo- more volumes than all the words in the world. Why? Because the intensity of the air is so much that the kalim, there's no kalim for it. The only kalim is just an expression, say, or that type of thing. Today we know, and also chassidus brings, there's a level where even a, even a sound is too much. Psychologically, when a person goes through, God forbid, a big trauma, so they call post-traumatic syndrome, right after trauma, the shock is so deep, they can't even cry. You see, every time there's these disasters and tragedies, they bring all the psychologists, the first thing is, you realize people can't even cry. Then there's a stage where you start crying. Actually, as a matter of fact, Shiva, no one should ever know, is brilliantly built. I once had a long talk with a psychologist, how, the, you know, the Shlesh Lebchi and the Shiva Lehesped, these are all brilliant in the human need, how we work our, out our pain. Because the initial step of pain is there's no expression at all. It's too intense. You can't even cry. Then there's a stage of crying. Then there's a stage of speaking. Same thing in positive things. You know, you have a simcha. You know, you, you dance. You dance bligvul. When a person is really total simcha, completely free abandoned. No chashbenes. Not even those chashbenes you make, you know, I'm going to drink this much and not that much. You know, that type of chashbenes. Um, it's, it's, it's an expression that there are no kalim for it so it just expresses itself so what you find here is an ultimate paradox 
The ultimate paradox is this. The more expression, the less teichen, basically. The more words, the less air. The more air, the less words. So sometimes you hear somebody just say one word, it can carry more weight than another person who's bulbed for hours and hours. What's the point I want to make? I just want to show how there's a dichotomy in such a big distance between Eiris and Kalim. The Kavana, of course, is that God says, I want to create a world of Tachtenim where Kalim dominate, where they talk all day about Shtusim, and I want you to bring the deepest Eiris there, all the way to Atzmus itself. That's the Kiddush. To take a world that is so consumed with quality, quantity, and turn it into a world of quality. You know, like they say, the, the people, what do they say? That today people read more and more about less and less. You know? Or they talk more and more about less and less. Or they know, people who know the price of everything and the value of nothing. Same idea. I'm doing very, I'm, I roll with quotes. Another quote that's similar, the, the guy says, you know, today, yeah, it's not that we have a higher rate of, of literacy. You know what literacy is. The literacy is that uh, like 500 years ago people couldn't read. Today people could read. So he says, not that today there's more literacy. Today literate people, uh, illiterate people know how to read. That's the statement. <laughs> so just because you know how to read doesn't mean you're literate. It just means you know how to read. They taught you to school how to read. You know. Um, anyway, the point I'm making here is that the kavana is not... So some mystics say, you know what? This world is not a world that's a container for a lakus, for spirituality. You have to escape this world. For example, you go to Far Eastern uh, mysticism, most of it is to uh, go away from this world. You have to realize that expression cannot ever express the divine, the, the, the spirit. In a way, Havdal the Rambam is shita, is what the ultimate schar is Nishamas without goofing. It is without Kalim. Because a Kali ultimately is too limited. So yes, a keli will have to be will be rewarded, so there'll be tchis hamesim. But that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is elam haba neshamis nenim mezuv spiritual. And if you think logically, it makes sense. Except one thing: God is not more spiritual than he is material. That's the thing. Since he's beyond both, and he wants both, and deir betachtenim is kavonas atzmos, which means that that since it's a place beyond eir and keli, if God was eir, that would be a problem. Keli, how could a keli become eir? But since God is not Eir nor Keli, that's why ultimately the Kalim can combine with Eir. It means you could express the inexpressible. That's what it comes down to. So you missed the plot. Huh? So you missed the plot. Who missed? The he was wrong. He mean, he's right in a certain level, but the Psak is like the Ramban, that Chisamesim is the ultimate reward. It says clear. This is clear. This says this. No, it's like Shaman Hill. The Halach is not like him. He's, his, his point is correct on an Ashama level. But look, today Today and also, yeah, for sure. The Rambam may have been right today. The way Chassidus says the Rambam has an opinion, but the Psak is not like the Rambam. It's like the Ramban. That's the way it's said. It's, 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 the Rambam is speaking from the level of the spirit. From the level of spirit, yes, Elam Haba has its miles. But it's not the ultimate reward. That Rizal, ultimately that Rizal is the final say in these matters. I trust him. Um, uh, why do you base it? I mean, he's uh, that Rizal. Well, let me ask you something. How do we know the Balshem of or the Rebbe is uh, God speaks through him? What do you base that on? Your faith, huh? Oh, he wouldn't lie. Okay, so Rizal goes in that category. <laughs> I, I, right, I don't know if that not lying is exactly the criteria. No, you make that 
But let me ask you a question. When it says Vaiminu Ba let's go to the source. Vaiminu Bahashem Babamesha Avde. How'd they know? They believed in God and Moshe. Why, why do they believe in Moshe? He's just a human being. Maybe he's fallible. Whatever you apply to, whatever your answer is for Moshe, you could apply to Arizal, the Rebbes, and everybody. It's the same thing. It means that God, just as there's a God that created the world and gave us a tater, God also sent us a new generation. He sent us a new generation, a messenger. Now, how do you know he's a messenger? So tater gives you criteria. So it's Alpin Nevu and not... No, it's a halachic decision. What, who, what, what, I never said Nevoah. One second. No. And, how, and how do you know Shammai and Hillel, the halach is like Hillel? There's a Torah process for these right. things. It's not... It's, same thing. The words of Chassidus is that the Pesach Achran, the final say in matters of, 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 of these type of matters is that Rizal. And of course then those that follow him. And he paskins like that. That's the way he says. What? He asked. To, he used the word halacha. I didn't use the word halacha. You want to use halacha? Halacha. It means that is the. the it means that's the final. So it means that that's the case. That's what's going to be. The question is in the future: Will Chisam Mason be the end process, or will Gan Eden be the end? The answer is that it will be. That, that's why it's because that's what's going to be. That's the mitzvah that's going to be. If it was according to the Rambam, then Chisam Mason would only be for a certain stage, and then would come the next stage. I mean. You could ask the same question about every halachic decision in Mishnah and Gemara and in Bezdin and every generation. It's the same question. Why is this different? There are two opinions, and then someone makes a decision. How do they make that decision? How do they come to these decisions? It's it doesn't matter. When they say halachic, it doesn't mean it happened. Halachic is what you do in that situation. And halachic is thousands of halachic that Shammai and Hill are just theoretical. That didn't happen yet. Why are you saying What's the difference? It's the same thing. The halach is nothing to do with what it happened or didn't happen. Halach is what is the ruling of what you do. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's not correct. What? It's not correct what you're saying. You could have an argument that is halach and it may not be even relevant today. It may be relevant 100 years from now. Why, why, why is that? Why are you saying what you're saying? Huh? I'm not saying it's different. I'm saying in our perception it's different because we don't practice like chakam or we like Every day, one more. We oh. light from left to right. There's halachas that have nothing to do with actions. That's I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying. Why is it significant? They made that statement. 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 They made it means that Tachtenim will ultimately be a Dirib Tachtenim. That's the ultimate point. Whereas according to the Rambam, it wouldn't be in Tachtenim, it would be in Elyanim. It's a major difference. So bottom line is, anyway, to go back, is that, that there's a whole process here that I'm just trying to show how Kalim and Eris are so distant. And now the story of Lovin and Yaakov is really bringing, Yaakov's story is bringing the Kalim in, into the picture. And Kalim and, so that's why I said Aseus. So what are Aseus? When a person speaks... Our, your, what you t- speak about is it revealing your Eidus and Neshama or is it um, concealing so that's the whole discussion here is it concealing and revealing the ultimate goal is that you should be able to reveal even in the lowest levels where everything is concealed the deepest Eidus that's Evan Sapir that's when a Kaili becomes a transparent channel for the Eir that would be where 
a person's body is completely aligned with their soul. Obviously, we're not on that level. Yaakov was on that level. And Lovan, either the higher love and the Kedusha helps achieve that, or the lower level is the lower love and the Klippa is concealing it. So now he says like this. This was the story with Esav. Well, Lahav and Zet understand the story with Esav, why Yaakov told him about the mitzvahs. Yes, Lahag Dimashin's Boileel, we have to preface what we learned earlier. The Inyan Vayikach Yaakov Evan Vayerimo Matseva. What we discussed earlier, that Yaakov took a stone and he made from it, Vayerimo Matseva, he lifted it and made from it a marker. This happens twice in last week's parsha. In this week's parsha, once once after he wakes up from the dream, he takes the stone, and secondly, when he makes it with the matzev, the Yaakov also matzev. For some reason, the Rebbe Rashab is just combining both as if it happened together. It's interesting to look it up. Why? The Yaakov also matzev dafka v'loy gal. Yaakov made a matzev, not a gal. He made a marker, not a mound. V'lov and also gal, and love and made a gal, a mound. And his boy in Nagal the Lovan Bhinus Negid the Biya. And can explain this is the lower explanation. That the Gal of Lovan, this mound that Lovan made, Ubhinus Negid the Biya. You said Nega means translucent, yeah. Nega is basically the clip of the Nega that covers up in Biya, that's Lovan. Who clip kosha? It's a hard clip, it's a hard husk, it's a hard it's a difficult clip. Shaina Rachel is but Lilakus, that's the Gal. He's saying basically to Lakus, to Kedusha, you stay there, don't come here, and I won't come to you. That's what he said. Because Klippa doesn't want Kedusha this. You stay there, I don't want to have Bittl. Doesn't want to have Bittl de Lakus. And that's why he made a gal, he made a mound, basically a boundary. You stay where you are, don't come to me. Between him and Kedusha. That they shouldn't radiate within him. The, the divine energy to cause bittel. Okay. We have examples for this in our lives, I'm sure, plenty of them. You stay in your territory, you know. Don't come into mine. Ubiri, yeah. an explanation of this is, this, by the way, is based, as I said, on many Maimorim, but primarily this is actually the language, some of this is from a Maimor that the Mitla Rebbe said, at his grandson's wedding. The grandson is the oldest son of the Samach Tzedek, Yehuda Leib. So this is from that year. I believe it's Tafkuf Pei. Hey, hey, maybe. Could I ask a quick question? What, who initiated them to make the boundaries? Yaakov or Lovin? Lovin pursued Yaakov. He said, why would you run away from me? I love my children. I want to kiss them, you know, and all that. And basically, that, and then, you know, Hashem comes to Lovin and says, don't hurt him. So Lovin says, I could have hurt you, but I, I'm not. And basically, they go into this whole discussion, you know, who belong, who the sheep they belong to, they belong to me, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, it's all mine. And then they make a covenant. They come to a peace, basically a peace treaty. And the peace treaty, so when they make the peace treaty, so Yaakov takes the matzeva, takes a stone and makes a matzeva, a marker. And then he says, the apostle goes, You gather stones. He told Lovin's people, you gather stones. And, and they made a gal, they made a mound. And that's when Lovin said, this will be the marker, basically the boundary between Israel and Choram. 
and outside of Israel. And and Yelovan said, I won't come to you for bad things, and you don't come to me. Doesn't matter whether you agree to it. Since when does does, does uh, uh, Kedusha have to agree for Klipper to do what it has to do? Lovin did what he did. That's it. There's no two gals. You're talking about according to the interpretation, Lovin of Kedusha, Lovin of Klipper. So Lovin of Klipper, that that's a Lovin went. It's not about agreeing. Who says he agreed? This is what Lovin insisted on. Lovin built a gal, meaning Klipper basically, it's like your Yetzirah, it tells you your Nefesh Lakis doesn't have to agree with your Nefesh Your Nefesh is telling you Nefesh Lakis all kinds of things. You know, Yaakov maintained his position and Yaakov compares even that gal. That's the whole point. But he did make it. You're talking about Lovin's intentions here. I, I have just one idea of this. When you make a pile of rocks and then its light is able to shine through, it's almost like you want the light to shine through. But on the other hand, if you tell one rock, it, there's no Solid. possibility of light shining through. So it's almost like the rock has to be bubbled in order for light to shine through. On the other hand, the gal. Well, he didn't come yet. He's going to explain the difference between Matseva and Gal. Because clearly Matseva is far higher than... Because Makkah made a Matseva. It's only one stone. One stone means less concealment, for sure. More stones is more concealment. Because one stone, how much can it conceal? It's only... The means more concealment. No, here's the other way around. Right. Here's the other... No, it's not a huge stone necessarily. This is like one stone of many. Basically, Lovin is more Kalim and Yaakov is one Kalim. That's really what he says. If you learned, the end of Mammy says that Evan is in Kudah. It's Malchus. It's one of Kudah. And then he made a matzeva from it, which means he made a marker. It's a, an evan is a sign of bitl, not of yashas. One evan. In this case, and Lovon made many, many avonim. And basically, in the example, it's like would be somebody who's confusing everybody with a lot of words. You know, the guys that talk a lot. You ever see thieves, for example, don't can't afford silence, so they're always talking. We meet them, they're not comfortable in silence, so they talk and talk and talk. You know, people who talk and talk and talk and they say nothing? Huh? Yeah, So he says, The beer, the explanation of this is, It's known that There's a rule in existence. And Al-Tarebbe brings right in the beginning of Tanya too. Which means God created a parallel world. That this is Zeh Lu'umazeh. So everything in Gedusha, everything in holiness exists in the opposite. We learned this a little earlier when we said that Yatlovan of Klippa is Menag Ovi. He wanted to destroy, he is Chachma of Klippa fighting, standing against Chachma of Gedusha. So he says like this The Kamoish Yashas is the Gedusha Bechinus. Just like there are ten spheres in Gedusha. Keser, Chochma, Bina, Midas, Natsilis, and Bria in every world. That it is all ultimate, pure, utter holiness and utter and utterly united with the divine. Again, let's go back what that means. That means that this, think of it in our world would be a, like a tzaddik whose every part of his of his structured life is aligned with the purpose. 
Process of elimination means not like us, basically. So that's Kedusha. Esos is Kedusha. Shadabatzilus, Iyu v'chayu echad, Iyu v'gamu echad. Because Natsilus, Iyu, he is one. This is according to the Taich of the Alter Rebbe, not that he's one. That he's one with his energies, one with his containers. Shagama kelim datzilus hem yuchadim betachlus beide insof. That also the kelim, kelim is the structure, the words. They're also aligned with the the divine purpose. That kelim datzilus hein alakus mamish, because the containers of atzilus are mamish alakus. And they're alt- and they're and they are united in ultim- in utter unity. Not yet. So why these cold containers and these cold energies? If it's all divine, it's all divine. There's a difference. The lechein nemer based pamim chad. That's why it says iu v'chayu echad iu v'gamu echad. Why doesn't it say iu v'chayu v'gamu echad? Would be a shorter language because it's two different types of chads. Because the unity of the of the energy is different than the unity of the containers. And he's going to explain the differences. It's like the difference between Yachid and Echad. This we also learned earlier, right? I think in chapter Kuvav. Okay, so what's the, so what's the difference between Echad and Yachid? When you say yachid, it's a yachid atzmi means it's a core, it's a core unity. When you say yachid, you're not talking about details. It's like it's like saying oneness, oneness. It's not saying there's a bunch of details that are united. It's a state of oneness. It's lemaylam apratim. It's higher than all details. And Echad already referring to Sakdus Apratim. Echad means there are many details and they're all aligned toward one purpose. They're all connected. So, for example, you can't say about a body, you can't say Yochid. A body is made up of parts. You could say it's Achdus is here in a body. You have many parts and they're all one body. When you say Yochid, you're not even talking, you can't talk about parts. Yochid, you're talking about a state of oneness where there's no details altogether. Would be uh, the example in Elam Haza would be maybe a seed, like when we were all conceived. The second the, the seed is conceived, it's a one cell. Everything is in it, but there's no you can't call it achod. There's no details broken down yet. So achdus is when there's already pratim. Like the Altareb explains in teder ve'era and l'kuteder ba'leischod. Da yichud ha'echod u'gamkin b'chinas achdus mamish. The, now, the unity of Echad is also total unity. It's not fragmented parts. Because lower than Echad would be we have a bunch of parts and they don't work together. So that's a third level. So Yachid is oneness. Echad is a bunch of is a harmony within diversity. And then there's diversity to the point of even divisiveness. So you really could have four levels, actually. You could have Yachid, Echad. Then you could have a bunch of parts, but they don't work together, but they don't fight each other. And then you could have Machlekes, Mochama. Just to show you that how it develops here. So the yichud gam kem bchinas achdus mamish. So kmei ken hu hayichud the eres bchinas yachid. So here, okay, so fine. So there's the two levels. Now he's applying it to eres and kelim. O kmei ken hayichud the eres bchinas yachid. The same thing as yichud the eres is yachid. In eres, the unity is without details. 
And the container is the unity is in a form of echot. You have a structure, and the structure works together. Now, in this interesting way, echot is deeper than yachit. Because to say that we have 75 trillion cells in our body, and we have so many limbs and organs, and they all work in a healthy human being toward one direction, is far bigger chiddush than to say there's only one organ. You know, to take only one thing, there's no, there's no, nothing to oppose it. But you take many things and you create echad. So echad is maybe deeper, but the achdus per se of, of eris is a far higher quality achdus because it's not even beyond, there's no details altogether. So we're not talking about the kavona now, we're talking the level of achdus. So eir is yachid and kalim is, is echad. But overall, you're talking about achdus here. We're not talking about pirud. We're not talking about a bunch of items that don't communicate. So the question is, it's a form of, it's a bit higher, bit they're all, they don't even recognize their details. And in Echod, there's details that are united, which is the Kalim of Atsilis. So we talk about the Ovis, that they were Hen Hen and Markova. You don't say they didn't have arms and legs. They had arms and legs, and Avram is Chesed, and Yitzchak is Gvura, and they had many different activities they were involved in. But they're all aligned toward the Lakus. When you talk the word of Yachid, Really, you'd be talking more of the higher areas like Akudim or something. You don't even have details. Now, obviously, Natsilas, Yochid, and Echad come together. You know, this is similar to the Rebbe says in Sichas, the difference between Vayakel and Pekude. Right? Or uh, Vayakel, Pekude, or um, Vayakel is the Kehila. The focus is on the Klal. Pekude, the focus is on the details. It even brings in Halacha. Like when you build a Mishkin or other things, is, the, is, is each detail important or is the total complete picture what's more important? Klal or the Prat. And, and, they, and each each one has its own uh, value. Sometimes the Klal is more important. We need the whole picture. Sometimes the details are. And then it's both. They could be both as well. Yaakov Bakude, the Rebbe also says in Yaakov Bakude. And Bakude, he also gives a summary of every count. Yeah. Remember, we talk Misper. So Misper is the details. Kalim. Kalim. Misper, Sfiraz, Misper is primarily the containers. Sfira Sipur. It's like when someone tells a story. What do you hear? The details of the story or you hear the total message? When you're reading, you're reading a page. So when you get immersed, engrossed in a, in a page, you forget even the letters. You just get so involved in the story, you don't, you don't even realize you're turning pages. That just shows you that the air is so dominant. Even though there are kalim there. But that's a perfect example. When a person writes an idea well, they communicate an idea well, they really bring Eris and kalim together. No, I'm saying this because very often I, uh, you know, I give sometimes a course in, in writing. How do you write? Or communicate for that matter. Same thing speaking. The key in all of it is Eris and Kalim. You can learn tremendous things. Because you have people who have great ideas. Their Eris are great. But they don't have words. Or their words are not aligned with their ideas. You ever sometimes like express something and then, go, and, and then you say, you know what, I didn't express it right. What happened? You got it in your head. But you said it in the wrong order. You know, there are people that, you know, I can see sometimes a person speaks, they have great ideas, but they're saying B before A. So they tell you the end of that, like someone who tells you the punchline of a joke before they tell you the joke. It's a little, right? Um, or they laugh before the punchline, etc. Um, my point is that it's all about a line. Then there are people who are great kalim. They have great language, but they have no aders, or very little aders. So it's all about, right, exactly. It's about, and a perfect communication in writing or in speaking is where the, where the kalim are exactly aligned to an idea. And you'll know right away, when you hear someone speak, you'll hear. If it's very clear to you, you know the speaker has put eris into kalim. Like imagine trying to fit in, um, 
you know, a gallon of, uh, of, of drink into a cup like this. It won't work. Or the opposite. Imagine a big cup that has a little water in it. It's all the alignment. That's why, as I said, when you read a proper page, good writing is invisible to you. Right? When you read something, you get so involved in it, you don't even realize. If you start realizing what the words are, it means the writer is probably not such a good writer. Or you're distracted. Because b- bad writing is exactly that. They're telling you something, but the, the words become too, uh, too important. You know, Instead of the idea just flowing through it. Getting lost in the so what does that say about uh, Exodus Shemaimarim? <laughs> Exodus Shemaimarim? First of all, the Rabbeim, were not, were not, their role was not being orators. The Rebbe spoke for Breng, and he's hardly... What was a, you would call a, uh, a classic uh, a speaker. You know, first of all, he spoke four or five hours. Now that we know, people's attention span is something like six minutes. So right there, so the Rebbe, the Rebbe is divrei lekim chaim. You're talking about a Rebbe speaking al lekus. So I don't think his goal was his butter. I mean, the joke in yeshiva was we, people who are big siddim or abiel. We'd always ask them, who has a better kriyachas butter, the Rebbe or abiel? And they didn't know what to answer, you know. <laughs> a Rebbe is being mamshech teirah from Shemayim. So I don't think the, the, the goal of it is purely, completely lefidah kelim. But when the Rebbe applied himself, and you see there are times when the Rebbe explained, it's a whole different world. My modern bachlal were more mamayl lamata. Sichas are more mamat lamayl. That was generally known that way. When the Rebbe Rashab said a sikh, the same idea in the Maimir, he brought it down far, far more personal. Like here, when you learn this, what I'm saying, I'm explaining it. It's clear to me this is what he's saying here. But if you read it on your own, it's, it's, above, it's a little above. I mean, look, Chassidus Chabad brings it into Seichel. But a lot of people read Chassidus Chabad, they say to me, Chassidus Chabad to them is like Kabbalah. You know, a lot of people see it as Kabbalah. Which is true, because it's also cryptic. At the end of the day, reading this, you need... Look, I'm, I'm explaining it not just for you, for myself as well. I read it. And even this thing, Echad and Yachad. You can just jump through it and say, okay, I memorized Echad and Yachad. Like I always say, people, we don't see this like you learn Halacha, uh, Shulchan People learn like this. Someone told me, I have Lamates Malachas, Eses Sviris, and Dray Levushim, you know. So now you know it. <laughs> Obviously, something wrong if someone says that, right? As the spheres, yeah, what else? Thirty-nine malachas, ten spheres. What did you tell me? Four worlds. Yeah, four worlds. Right. Okay. Because as I said before, we live in a world of numbers. The truth is, all these are concepts. These are conceptual ideas. And if you don't think conceptually and abstractly, you won't get there. You can't fit this into your terms. Why was I saying all of this? Someone asked. Sure I think it's brilliant writing, to be honest. But only when you read, you know, you know the code. If you read this, this is amazing stuff. But the Rebbe Rashab is relying that you already know what the word Atzilus means and you know the Echad Yachid. Once you know that, then it's great. If you don't know what Atzilus is, he's not telling you Atzilus in every line. He just says it. But I think if you, you know, let's put it this way. Ayin Beis is not for beginners. It's not like he starts with the, I don't think Chassidus Chabad Bechlal starts, you know, let's first tell you there's four elements and what's an elem and what's a Simpson. It just jumps right in. That's why really learning Chassidus without a Mashpio, without a teacher, you're going to miss most, most of it. Because the, the basics are not there. And like I said always, we, I was in yeshiva, went to the same yeshiva as everybody. The first thing they didn't tell us was the most important thing in my opinion. The first thing I would say to anyone, any bachet, any girl learning chassidus for the first time, 12, 13, 14, whatever age, to help them understand l'maylam is ma'ana makim. You learn about atzillus as if it's another world. So you start, you know, what, what is a child thing? Okay, atzillus, where am I going to fit in atzillus between uh, Mars and Jupiter? Or between uh, whatever, Jupiter and Saturn. 
Then you heard a Tzimtzum Adishin. Okay, one was Tzimtzum Adishin. So like uh, we were, Abiel would ask us, what century was the Tzimtzum Adishin? And someone said the second century. Because we are, we're Mokushim. We begin, listen, children, little children, you can't take, talk about Lamailam as Manamokim. But the first thing you have to learn is that Atzilus is right here, and Bria is right here, and Ganadin is right here. What do I mean right here? And right now, it's all within, dimensions within. So someone said, what does that mean? I one second, where is it? I don't see it. That right away is the first you saw the Oksidus, that, that most Oksidus is about things you don't see. Someone even would have said that to us, it would have been freeing. I had to come to that to my, on my own. And then when I asked the Mashpia, he said to me, yeah, yeah, that's correct. You talk, don't see it. So I said, really, that's, like a, that's not a derechaga. For someone who's starting to learn, it's the first thing you want to hear. Like, you know, so I think that my mother, I mean, to answer your question, there's no question that the, my mother, my, my view is, it's, this is like art, like poetry. But you have to be able to read it because it's uh, reading on, it's not, it's not easy stuff. That's the only difference. Um, and what do you think I was going to say that? My modern are not written right. I mean, you think I'm a great Schneider? I trust that the, it's written quite with. Look. Okay. So anyway, I just wanted to give the example. Now. For S is the Biya. Now, now we're going to Biya. Now it's a whole, a whole other world. What's the story with Biya? The love iu Here, it's not that he and the energies and the containers I want. Like it says, So now we're not talking about Agdus. Now we're talking already that they're not one. Nevertheless. They're subjugated. They're bottled. Okay? Shari'ed and Hashem de Biyad is Yalakus Mamish. Because the, the energy of the soul of Biyah is, is, is complete Yalakus. Va'ed is Nefesh Ruach. See, Nefesh Ruach Neshama. So let me just explain before we continue here. Um, as you know, there's five dimensions in every soul. Nefesh Ruch So here's an example. Right now he says that he assumes that we can understand what he means. But you have to explain it. Then you understand. So when you talk about how it still is... Most people wouldn't even know the Rosh Hashanah. I know. I see you smile every time I know the Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. So here goes. So Neshama... So when you have like this, Atzilis now is manifesting in Biyah. Remember, all this is coming to explain. Let's not forget where he started here. Right? So he started now that everything, Kedusha, Eris, and Kalim are aligned. Now, what are Kalim of Bria like? That's now the question. That's the next level. Kalim of Bria. And remember again, use examples. This is all about how something that is more revealed becomes concealed and then becomes more of a yesh, more of a self. So the point is in Bria, you can't call it Chad, but still Bittl. So here's how it works. Atzilus is Eris and Kalim. As we learn, Malchus is the channel through which Eris of Atzilus transmit into Biyah. The example given usually is like, think of it, Atzilus is the great teacher, and Biyah is the student. Bria, let's talk Bria, is the student. Now, for the teacher to give the student, he has to take all his ideas, basically all his Chochmah bin Adas through Yusod. He channels it through Malchus, like the moon, the sun through the moon. So Malchus is already a Makabal, but Malchus is still intense, as we learned before. Then comes a Parsa between Atzilus and Biyah, the Parsa, the Gal. 
which jumbles up the words. So it's like disorganized, but it's also now like words of writing, not words of engraved. And Bria is the recipient, the t- student, that's hearing a brilliant idea, but it's now on the level of the recipient. So you can't call it Iyu V'chayuchat. In the teacher's mind, the idea, the concept, his words, his expression, his edis and kelim are all one. In the student now, they're not all one. There's already differences. The student is still a student, however, remember. So he's bottle. But it's not that you could say that it's the same in the level of Atzil. The unity is not there anymore. A student is not as unified. A student's mind is not as united to the idea as the teacher's mind is to the idea. That's obvious. So what happens here? So basically, there's neshama ruach, nefesh ruach, nefesh ruach, neshama vatzilus of biyah is being influenced by atzilus. So he says neshama of biyah is alakus mamish. Va'edus nefesh ruach. So eid neshama and. But the lower levels, nefesh ruach, v'akelim, and the containers of of bria, of biyah, shehem b'chines nivre. Now we're talking about a creature. What means a creature? It's no longer just um, a divine structure. Now it has its own personality. Nevertheless, they're containers to the air of the neshama of bria. You follow what I'm saying here? So it goes like this. The teacher in this example is Atzilus, Eris, and Kelm. The teacher here is godliness. Remember that. So Atzilus is a world of Elikus. Bria is already a student. That's not Elikus. You can't call it godliness. It's a creature of God. Now the question is, how close is the student to the to the teacher? So it works like this. The aid of the Seichel, obviously, Eir Neshama, comes into the student. So he's getting the idea from the teacher. But the student also has lower levels. He has a Nefesh Ruach, and he has Kelim, his own Kelim. So his kelim are not one with the teacher's kelim and eris, but he's nevertheless listening. He's a student of that teacher. That's what he's saying here. So it's uh, a recipient. And it's elsewhere it explains that biyah is like the body that's a container for the soul, the mashaneda. That what that what that which we are aware and we feel sense the soul inside the body is only that it's there but we don't understand its personality. Every one of us knows there's a life force inside us, and when the, God forbid after that life force leaves and you have a body without a soul, a corpse. But someone says to you, "What is the soul like?" Muhus means mahu. What is it like? I don't know much. You know what I mean? We can figure it out. We can learn about it. But on your own, all you know, minimum, is you know there's a mitzvah. So we see that Bria, if Bria is like a goof to the neshama, so then Bria is like a goof, is like the student. You know the idea that you know, but you don't know the whole personality of it. So Bria is one step away from Atzilus in that sense. It's interesting he needs his goof here because before he used goof for Kalim of Atzilus. Now he's using it on the lower level. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you use before that? It's Kalim is then the goof is connected. It's a revealer, not a concealer. Okay, because Atzilus, Lagaba higher, is like that. So it's a goof. Kalim of Atzilus are a goof. And Levushim was. Uh, okay, there's different opinions. There's different, three different ways. Yeah. To the point, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So the kalim of Atzilus are like a goof. According to this, then the kalim of Atzilus are even higher than a goof. They're like the Shom itself. Okay, it's all microcosm. Anyway, so this is an explanation. So he's, he's showing us how something could be now outside of it's not it's not longer you can't call it Elokuz divine, but it's still something that is receptive to the divine. Like a goof receptive to the Shama and only knows the Mitsias. And this is the difference between Kalim of Atsilis and Kalim of Bia. The Kalim Datsilis Masigim Muhusa Air. The containers of Atsilis Masigim comprehend the Muhusa Air. They know not just that it exists, that there's an energy there. They understand its and comprehend its personality. No, he, when he, uh, he wants to explain with Zelomaza. That's really where it began. You'll soon see. He's going through the whole picture here. And and they are in a state of total utter sublimation. What did I say yesterday? I said it's not subjugation. Um, okay. The Yuchud and total unity, an ultimate unity, in a state of bitl of Yuchudilah. He's adding the parentheses. Yuchudilah means this higher level of unity where there's no other entity. Yuchudilah means there's a yesh, shu bottle. Yes, there's an existence that's spot like Biyah. Here's talking about Silas, so it's Yehudilah. Subsumed, that's the word I use. Bitl, subsumed. Okay. And the containers of Biyah, they appreciate, they comprehend only the existence alone of the of, of Elokus, of Oyer. Nevertheless, they're still in the state of of uh, subjugation or or um, sublimation, ukmaya gufshai they are bitul davke who chai me'eranishama, like the body, that because it's bitul, because it's subjugated to the soul, that's why it lives from that from the energy of the soul. Ukmaya like it says elsewhere. Ukmaya came bechinas esus fils de biyah. Same things with the ten spheres of biyah. Also, the containers, like the body, are in a form of unity and bitl, but not, <coughs> not like an atzilus where they, the muhus. It's a step away. It's like the existence of it. And that's why in the containers of biyah, they don't have a mix of good and evil. God forbid. And like explained earlier, commissioners Barleil paid a kuvov. Like we learned in the previous chapter. I'm looking. Where is it? Let me see. Yeah, the end of there, he said. Where do you see? 
So we know from so we see from this that the ten spheres of Gdusha is going out to Zalumaza, which means the ten spheres of Gdusha, not just Natsilis, also in Biyah, their ultimate Gdusha and ultimate unity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he goes to the second side. Remember the Kamoi. The Kamoi was on the first line of the chapter. Now he goes to Kach. The Kamoi says, this. And this whole Arichis was all this. Now he goes, Kach, Harini, Kach, Now we start the same as in the other side. Yes, Gamkin, There's also ten spheres. Kesa, Choch, Mabina. That's the desires and the pleasures of the material world. What does this mean? That you use your mind, well, you use your rotsin, your desire, keser, and your mind, and your midas, for what? For indulging in the in gashmis, in elam hazna. I'm sorry, the lumazeh, not now, I didn't say lumazeh, I'm sorry, sorry. In lumazeh, on the other side, not kedusha, not in holiness. I thought it said, I thought it said elam hazna, no, the lumazeh. Correcting. He's not yet even talking Gashmis. He's going to give now the example. What is so what's Sfiris in Lomaza? What does it mean? Why is Das Because ain't Das and Klippa, that's why. It's a very good question. You'll see, he's very very precise when it comes to this. But Derechlal, when it comes Klippa, you don't count Das. It says Das does not have, Klippa does not have Das. Here he's talking, there's Lomaza, of, of, so he has to so he says also the same. Generally speaking, we learned it earlier. You know, the reason is whenever you speak pnimius elimus, you count das. You usually speak chitzenius, you don't count das. You count kesser, because ena das nimna kesser nimna. You know the rule. Okay, the rule goes like this: There's only ten spheres, never eleven. However, so sometimes it says we count kesser, sometimes we don't count kesser. So when do you count them? So this expression, when you count kesa, you don't count das. You count das, you don't count kesa. The question is, when, which is which? So the answer is, when you count the pnimis, then you count das, because das is a pnimi. A chitseni doesn't have das. And when you count, so then when you count the chitseni, pnimis, so you don't count pnimis a kesa, because pnimis a kesa, atik is higher than spheres, than counting. When you count chitseni, you count arich, because arich is the beginning of the spheres. That's the technical. There's a deeper reason. I mean, I'm just giving you the technicality. So, Bechlal, it really comes down to what you're counting. Here, he's definitely spoken on the. Since he's speaking Umaza, he's counting the. He's counting Kesa, not um, Das. Midas are still born from Chachman Bina. Das is what makes it meaning. In Gdusha. You're asking in Klippa how they made this without Das? Uh, no, it wasn't. I was asking in Kedusha, actually. 
When you talk Chachanis, so you're talking, then the order is the Abba and Ima give birth to the Midas. Kesha has a different role. I mean, it's not for now. This is a different discussion completely. It's not relevant to here. I could show you the sources. There's places that talk about this. Is he mentioning Kesha here because Kesha is Misavusa, right? Maybe. It's possible. Yeah. But that's when you usually also count your Aleph, some money. He's not counting 11. He's still counting accessories. Okay. So what is it in Klippa? In Like they're smart to do evil. You know, these are like conspirers. They conspire. They use their wisdom. That means that the expression is used. I mean, the expression is always used. That they're like, like um, I don't know if it's used by Pari and Mitzrayim, but it's talking about people who conspire with their wisdom for bad things. So they're using Chachmeh to do evil. So there's Chachmeh. We're not saying they're not Chachmeh. But it's it's utter separate. It's mamash the antithesis to what we learned till now. That's where he says it? I think it's a Pasuk. When Avoid the Zara, where he says everything they build is for their own glory? Maybe. These are the exact antithesis of what we learned before about Atsilas and the Sphiris. Or Bia, also Bia, not just Atsilas. They're utter separate from the godliness. In a state of Yeshus, self, the Gasus and Grobkite crassness. Keinyin Chumris Elam Haza. Like the coarseness of this material world, and of the outer wisdoms that are all about yourself. They're antithetical, completely diametrically opposites of godliness. Well, like the Mechinus Simsamer, so how they come to be? Like only the Mechinus Simsamer, but Mesri Hashafa. From the tzimtzumer, from the diminishment of the energy, and like the leftovers, the shiraim, the yeah, the leftovers, the the meisus, meisus shasha, leftovers of the transmission between chitzenis hakelim, the esses fears, the gedusha, an excess from the yeah, from the pieces that fall off, like so to speak. Like an animal comes and eats from the from the crumbs, the crumbs, the remainders, the remainders that come from the shefa, from the outer dimension of the containers, the essence spheres of the kedusha, from the ten spheres of kedusha, they receive some type of energy. It's like parasites. When parasites come and they 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 feed off a lot of energy, they come and they come and they just take the scraps. Like, uh, which animals? The scavengers. That's the word, scavengers. And they just come, the leftovers that are left over, they get a little energy, and that's where they live off. Like he says in Tanya, why can't they live off the energy itself? Because then they wouldn't be klipa. If they were directly, if they were living directly off of it, they would not be menagdim. They would be bottle. Because there's no such thing as getting energy. He says, like, kedusha 
In Tanya Pei he says, everything that is Gedusha means it's bottle. That's why it gets a lot of positive energy. You see this all the time. You see, whenever you see um, parasites, bacteria, they come when there's no protection. When there's a, when there's, there's a lot of, uh, either a, a sterile environment, let's say, when there's a lot of positive energy, there's no room for them to come into it. An infection always comes where there's weakness. So it always come where there's uh, no defenses up. Vulnerability, exactly. Right. In the parentheses, yeah. Now they don't get it straight from the containers. God forbid. They get it from the hair that's on the outside of the skin. The malchus. That means the leftovers of the transmission. Let's speak begashmis. Um, bacteria gather a lot on the hair of a person. It's one of the reasons we have hair, actually, is to protect from infection. So the hair and the skin are outer layers that protect from most infections. That's why, God forbid, when someone has an, has a, open an open wound, you have to clean it, because there's no protection. Or, God forbid, when there's surgery, so the open organs, the, the vital organs are exposed, that room has to be very sterile, because that's where most bacteria will go, because that's where the real energy is. So, tumor bechlal means negative energy that always gathers with this part. Negative energy never gathers. So I'm just using this as an example. So that's why that's why in, in, in Teda, we spoke about this a few classes back. You'll find wherever you find Gedusha, you find Tuma. The more Gedusha, the more Tuma there is. Where's the most Tuma possible of all? In Kedush Kedushim. That's why even one flaw, think of it like a Revav al Begat Because the Tam Chachm is such a high level, even a piece of dust on him is already a... It's what Jigen said, the, the Jewish theory of relativity. You know what it is? One hair on your head, three hairs on your head isn't much, but three hairs in the soup, you know. <laughs> so like, so when you have one hair on your eye, like a piece of dust on your eye, it's very irritating. The same piece of dust on your finger is meaningless, because it's all relative. Wherever there's more power, so to speak, more sensitivity, every little thing counts. That's why where's the most tumah? The, the biggest halach is hilchus tumah, is hilchus nida. Why of all things? Because that's where life is. What is Nida? Nida is a child that could have been born. It's life. It's an egg that wasn't fertilized. So the greatest energy always brings the greatest negative. Not because it's bad. On the contrary, because it's so holy. The holier the thing, the bigger the person, the greater the Yetzirah. Is that true? Okay. You have to ask big people, is that what you're saying? Huh? Yes, <laughs> not everybody is a great. Yitzhahar is a great man. It doesn't say call. Doesn't say call call Misha Yashli Gadol Yitzhahar Gadol. 
It says, call me Gadol, The point I'm making here is that a lot of Kedusha and Tara brings always the negative side. So that's what he's saying here. So they could not get their energy from a reveal. They have to get it from the air, on the other side of the skin of Malchus. Because he said before that Malchus, remember the sandal, the 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 shoe. There's a Malach called sandal actually, shoe, like sandal. And there's a Malach called Hashmal. These are the Levushim, that's where, that's where the Klippas get their power from. Not directly from the energy, from the Kalim themselves. V'zeob chinus love in the Klippa, now he goes back to love in the Klippa. So now we understand Zelo Mazah. So what do we have? We have two parallel tracks. Atzilus and Biyah, Esosvidus, pure Kedusha. Even the Kalim. Just different levels. This is total Yichud, this is Yachid, Echad, etc., etc. But then you have another track that is the opposite, Pirut. It's not connected. It has its own agenda. And that's Pchinus Love in the Klippa. That's the level of Love in the Klippa. If Klippa is getting from the Yemeka from the Dusha, how's Zelom Azet? Much less. This is getting straight from the source and this is getting from them. So it's a very good question. But God gives it a lot of, like for example, it says that, the, that when we were born, both the animal soul and the divine soul were born with both Nefshel Kis Nefshabamas. But it says, Agdemit Tainisei, right? That the Yetzirah comes with the Taina, it's not an equal battle. How could I fight? The, so the Ebishter says, I'll give the Yetzirah, Tev will really begin to manifest in a child at Bar Mitzvah or Bas Mitzvah. So, the, so it's true. All Klippa gets its energy, but it's given a head start. It's given power. And trust me, we don't need my sadav. You don't even argue. Let me ask you a question: What, what has more power in this world, klipa or gedusha? Well, God gives. See, klipa thrives. You have to understand. Now, klipa thrives with his darkness. So, when there's a concealment, when there's absence of light, klipa thrives. So, even though the chutzpah is that klipa is getting its energy from gedusha, but when there's no revelation, klipa can become far more powerful. That's the that's the irony. That the klipa that's getting, look what he says in Tanya. That tzaddikim neshamis kolim, they give chayis to everyone. Even the neshayim of their generation, from the tzipayim. So the people who are killing the place, they can, you can end up killing the people who give you your chayis. That's how concealed it is. That's a tragedy, of course. So the people getting chayis from the tzaddikim are killing the place they got chayis from. Yeah, that's why it says that the goyim knew, the non-Jews knew. What the Beis was doing to protect them, they would have surrounded it instead of destroyed it. They surrounded it to protect it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Why, 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 you, know, you don't mean chutzpah? Klippus is chutzpah. They're getting energy, but they but they get energy. When there's no... There's, when, look, look. The Ebishter made it in a way like this, that in this world, Klippus dominate even though they get their energy from Gdusha, because all the Gdusha, most of it is concealed. So the Klippa can deny that it's getting it. No, the Klippa is coming from the concealment. It gets more powerful. The more concealed, the more Klippa there is. In Teir Shalom, he actually says an expression that Klippas are header. The, the less energy they get, the more powerful they become. Look, I mentioned before, talk radio. What are the most powerful entities in the world today? The ones that have the least Gdusha. Because that's how they thrive on darkness. You know, there's some people very successful when everybody else is in the dark. You know what I mean? Like criminals. They're, they're very successful when, when everybody else is... Uh, that's their knowledge is power. 
when everybody else is down. Deception. You never heard of this idea? Very powerful people, they thrive only because everybody else is fooled. And if everybody would exp- and if everything was exposed, they wouldn't be able to succeed. That's how Klippa works. It thrives on concealment. All biggest crimes are done. Huh? Ponzi schemes. The Ponzi schemes. Yeah. So, so basically, the Kiddush has more power. It's just that it's kind of... That little just is the difference between a holocaust and no holocaust. So, what? it's not just a small just. That little just you just said is the difference between life and death. What do you think? Why, why do we why do we cry where, when we say that when the Rishayim uh, prevail, we say to God, look, they're saying, the worst thing possible. Because they could say, where's your God? Where's your great God? Where's the, that's the clip of this world. It's it's upside down. You know, ain't not the maze pun of right? You know the expression? A person won't have chutzpah to someone that he owes something to. So how does Klippa have power? Because they're not Adam. So Adam, you need to be a madrega to not have chutzpah. When you have not a chutzpah, if you're not Adam, you have the chutzpah. I understand what you're asking. You're asking, how is it getting energy? But let me ask you a question. God gives power to us all the time. He's giving us life. And yet you can take your hand and hurt somebody. Tell me, how could you use a hand that God is giving your life to it, and you're using it against what God says? Aganaf is far worse than a gazlan. Let's put it this way. Huh? Exactly. That's exactly right. Klippa doesn't feel. That's why it's the power. Why is this so surprising to you? What do you, what do you expect? What do you want? Tell me, what would, what would you like it to be like? The, what God wanted a world where clippers dominate and wants you to be smart enough to right, and reveal the light. And the, Look, you ever see, when you ever go and turn over a stone in a garden and it's full of maggots and all kinds of things, and as soon as you turn it over and you shine light, what happens? They all run. That's the story of clippers. That's what the Rebbe says today. Open your eyes. He says the clippers are already gone. You guys, open your eyes. You don't open your eyes. You don't shine the light. They will thrive. You don't mean psychological warfare. I remember a guy in camp when I was a kid. He was ex- he was came to camp and said he's the most best chess player ever. Now, I played chess decently. Not I can't say I'm the best. So we so I sagged the guy out for two days. I convinced him that I'm like the biggest master that ever lived. We sit down to play, and every stupid move I made, we had no cheshb, and he thought, he ended up losing. Far better than me. It never happened again. But Because I psyched him out. It's psychological warfare. You can convince somebody in negotiations okay, you have not, you have, that you have everything in your hand, and they think, and they'll give everything away. Then they find that you bluffed. What is that? That's klippa, and it's a perfect epitome klippa. It rides and lives on bluff. Luft. But doesn't it also? Uh, but with Luft, it can do a lot of damage. Doesn't it also? One fool can burn down a castle that a thousand wise people built, as they say. Doesn't it also have much more shanta I don't know what you mean by the word b'poyal mamish. Saying not mamish, saying it has more amounts than kedusha. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you mean by more amounts. And you're talking about moisture, whatever you call it. The leftovers—that's not more than what the uh, leftovers. If you let it, if you if you bluff well, it has uh, you could yeah, it, it thrives in darkness. So if there's more concealment; it will thrive. Why don't you just apply it to your own life? Find out last time you bluffed, last time you lied. You know, 
A lot of people lie, live in lies. Lies is what their basis of their whole uh, existence. This is the easy part to understand, the clipper. We have to understand the other side for me, the challenge. The clipper, this is how it works every day. You don't need the Rebbe Rashab to tell us that uh, that clipper is uh, <laughs> is false. You ever saw clipper being real? Everything that comes from that side is built on falsity. Now, we happen to worship falsity in this world. What will people do for money, for example? When you're dependent on someone for money, you know someone has a lot of money, you're connected. Sheikh and everyone is affected by it. What is that? Isn't that false? If a celebrity walked by now, right now, would somebody not look at the celebrity? It's a false event. Alma de Shikra. This is the perfect world for clippers. This is where it thrives big time. We're under the stone. There's no light here. You understand? We live in a dark world. That's a perfect place for. Vizel becomes love in the clipper. Shalomatama parsa. This is the level of love in the clipper. That's beneath the parsa. Beneath the, sh- the curtain. Between Atzilus Labriya and his barley El Peter Kuvzayan, and it was discussed earlier in the previous chapter, 107, the love of Nubchin is Chachmed the Klippe. That's love. Chachmed the Klippe. The Isa Gamkin Shabbin is Kesser the Klippe. Now, now you see why he's bringing Kesser. And it also says that in other places that he's Kesser of Klippe. What's Kesser? Kesser means the crown of Klippe, meaning he's like the king of Klippe. So it's an intense Klippe, very intense, increasingly intense, powerful Klippe. Remember, Klippe is not a negative thing. It's a perfect example again. Klippe means a husk, a shell. Like a, the shell of a nut, a nut or, the, or a peel. That Shalom explains that the beginning of the world was created Klippe Shemer Lepri. Why did God create Klippe? To protect the fruit, like the skin. Protects the body. The shells of and peels of fruit protected from from uh, from worms and so on. So it protects. What's the what's the why is it then called klipa? But klipa is when you forget there's a fruit inside and you start worshiping the peel. That's when it's called klipa. But if you understand that it's a klipa, if you if you understood that all your material world is just a means to and right? That's total alignment. We don't understand that, so the klipa becomes a power. So it thrives in the fact that you don't know there's a fruit. It's like, you know the famous story where the, where the king's uh, chauffeur or whatever, the king's evid, the king leaves town and he begins to play king until the point he convinces himself he's the king. When the king comes back, he says, what do you mean, you, I'm the king. You know? No, the whole thing is lived. He convinced himself he's a king. Because the king went away for a while. This, this is what happens in our, our world. Where, huh? Yeah. The nimshul you could all apply wherever you want. The kamoi bigdusha bechin slave and alien, just like the first interpretation of loven in gdusha, bechin slave and alien, bechin pshita saatzim zayin shem shalemana bechin sachochme. There was kesser of gdusha. What slave and alien? The pure whiteness, which is pure light. You know, with, before there's even colors and shape. That's pshita saatzim, because loven, as we'll learn later, is the is given aposhet. Love and white is not just another color. It's not like there's white, red, blue. Love is the natural color of everything. And the other colors are so-called additional. That's why you see in a prism, light is whitish. You put in a prism and then you bend light, that's when it gets color. So all colors come from white. The purest color, the essence of all colors is white. We'll learn later, Evan Sapir, this is connected to the transparency 
of the containers. So just like Levin Elyon, that's again also, Evan Sapir is also Levin Elyon. So Evan Sapir, it's all the same uh, idea. So that's Pshittas Atmos. What's Pshittas? Pshittas means shapeless, substanceless, of Atmos, of the core of that's higher the same thing, love and of Klippa, is also Keser, it's the intensity, the, the power of Klippa that's higher than Tam Vadas, which means it's not based on reason, which has limits. When, when there's Klippa without reason, then it's just then it's completely like it's just a desire, like Keser, it's also Pshittas. That's the desire and the pleasure of the other side. of Keser. Like someone who's deeply sunk in, deeply submerged, God forbid, in the Tivus, in the pleasures, in the Tivus, in the desires, and Tainugum and pleasures, physical pleasures. Anyone relate to that? This line. I was once learning a mime, and the guy said, the only thing I understood was Ashakur B'yesu Rahman Islam B'tayvish Tanugim Gashim. All the rest I didn't get. Okay, that's also a nadreg. And then there's also Ktaivis that are attacking Makifim the Kippah like Kasser. Kamaya Kovid. Like, like honor, like ego, vanity. A Kovid. That's a little lower level of Klippa? A little better than Tavis? I'm not, maybe higher, I don't know. It's more, it's Klippas. He's saying, okay, similar, as we shall explain soon. You can also say, as we shall be explained, because it's close to us. Yeah. Because, yeah. love in the Klippa, this is the level of love in the Klippa. That fell. Not just it fell in a regular way. You know, something can fall in an organized way. But then you have shvira. When you break it, it just plots Right, it shatters. It's similar to what he said about disorganized, but this is even worse than disorganized. Because this is like, there at least you're giving a riddle so it's a, the letters are are jumbled and disorganized, but there's a but there but there's a word there, there's something there. When you shatter, means it's like you put something in containers, the container shatter, everything goes flying everywhere. So it's a, that's where how that's how the opposite. See, concealment never creates that type of a radical shift. So to, so it all comes from Levin Elyon Dikdusha. So the higher Levin. Leads to the other level when once there's a enough concealment and it falls. That's the shattering of the vessels of the containers of Teyu. Shahu Bhinasag Shalamail Mishema. Teyu comes from a word that higher than Tikkun. The world of Teyu was the name Sag, that's Ma. Just briefly, we've then discussed this that the the Yudke Vovke is Gematri twenty six, right? But there's a concept called Miluyim. You know what miluim are? Milui means that every Hebrew letter is further spelled out, like yud. The milui of yud is 20. Yud is 10, vav is another 10, 6 for 4. The milui of hey 
as we'll see, there's three ways to write hey. Hey, hey. Hey, Aleph, rather, is six. Hey, hey is ten. And hey, yud is fifteen. The middle of vav can be vav, vav. That's twelve. There's vav, aleph, vav. That's thirteen. And vav, yud, vav. Right? That's twenty-two. And then the last hey again, like the first hey. So when we speak about the Shemus, so yud, ke, vav, ke is the basic. Every hashpah comes from a yud, and starts with a point, uh, a hey where it expands. Bin bina. Then comes vav transmission. You transmit it to someone else. That's the vav, like a line. And the final hey is the recipient. Okay. So, for example, it says sometimes about zdaka that way. You have like this. You have uh, the yud is the coin. The hey is the um, is your hand of the giver. The vav is when you stretch it out to someone, and the final hey is the recipient of tzedakah. That's what it says. Baal Shem Tov says that. It says on a posuk. That's why it says nosen titin. Posuk tiftach. Anyway, so so everything is in the form of, but when you break it down further, yud kei vav kei, it's more than, it breaks into four different type of configurations. That's when you have shem ma, shem ban, shem sag, and shem ab. It's just gematis, actually. 45, 52, ma, ban, sag is 63, and ab is 72. So it all depends on the milui. Is it bimile alfin, or bimile heyin, or bimile yudin? That's the expression. Is it the milui of aleph, which would be vav, aleph, vav? Or the milui of yud would be uh, uh, vav, yud, vav? Or the milui of, uh, what did I say, yeah, aleph, hey? Would be hey, hey, not hey, aleph. And if you add it up, you'll see you'll come four, four, four different combinations. You want me to do it? Okay, 45. Yeah. Huh? But his uh, sag is also, Yaakov was 63 years old when he got the brachas. Yeah, but this is not what he says. That's another story, but that's not what he's talking about here. Well, I, I understand how it's a fourth calculation, three calculations. Different combinations. Ma is the simplest, right? The ma is the minimum. So you have Yud is, tw- yud is always 20. So you can always rest this 20 from a yud. Because it's yud vav dal. There's only one way to do a yud. It's all about the hey's vav and the hey. There's that, how that separates. You can figure it out. You go hey aleph, hey aleph. That's 6, 6, 12. Right? 12, 12 plus uh, 20. It's 32. Aleph. Shem ma is mili alfin. The hey has an aleph and the vav has an aleph. That adds up to 45. I'm not asking the amounts, but there's ma, ban, sag, and ab. Yeah. There's four different ones? Yeah. Yeah, because... because, because They're different combinations. You just kind of add it up. I'll show it to you on paper. Because one of them you don't count. I believe the, you count without the aleph or something. Yeah. Look, a vav can't have a hey. It's either vav yud vav or vav aleph vav or vav vav. That's where you have the difference. Hey, it could be hey aleph or hey hey. Try it out, you'll see. So anyway, the bottom line is, so we use these names, we're basically talking about different levels. Ab is usually referred to ak. Adam Kadman is usually shem ab. Asan. We'll learn this later. Sag is usually the name of toyu. Ma, uh, toyu and tikkun. I'm sorry, ma, sag and ban are usually toyu. Ban is gematri behema. And Odom is Gematri Memhe, Mamhe. Tikkun is always Ma. So basically, Toyu is usually Sag, and usually it says Sag is the root of Ban. That's what it says. We'll learn this later in detail.
So what he's saying here is that ma, that that Tayu is higher than the world of Tikkun. That's where Levin Elyon originates from. But when it breaks and shatters, that's what he says. So in its root, it's sag before the shattering. So it's Levin Elyon, it's a very high level. But when it shatters and falls, well, remember, that's not in time, it's stages. Basically, I mean, the way the best example is when in our own lives, what makes somebody, let's say, have a fit of rage? What makes you plots? Makes you go crazy? You know, you go ballistic, as they say. When something gets you very angry, something overwhelms you. Um, so the same thing there. And tell you, basically, it's a type of cosmic anger, if you wish. Because the eras are very intense and the kalim are very small. There's a lot of frustration. And then comes a point where it plots us. Now it's plotting right now as we speak. It's constantly happening. And there's a level before it happens. There's a level after it happens. So it's a constant process. I mean, I explained it elsewhere. Technically, technically speaking, if reality is only godliness and then God concealed his presence, you have yourself a major problem because there's a certain false, there's a, what we call a free radical going on. There's a falsity going on. God hears his presence. Now, he did it for a good reason, because he wants us to emerge, that we should have an independent reality. But something's going to have to plot here. Something has to be like to be a market correction, so to speak, a reality check. So the energies are exp- expressing the divine. The containers are weak and not really there. So that's where it all comes together, and there's a shattering. And that's what creates the, conf- the, the, the world in which we live, where there's a um, where there's such klipa and power, it's, the sparks are scattered. Think of it like this: God wrote a story, a beautiful story, and He wants us to play out the story. And then someone took the story, or God Himself did. He tore up the pages and scattered all the letters of the book, and they're all over the earth right now. And you don't know what's what. And then we send down a shamus like us to come and start collecting and putting back the pieces together. That's Swedish Akela. So there's Nutsutsis everywhere. Wherever you go, God leads you there because He wants you to take, gather together the letters and put them together that they become all scattered. You understand what I'm saying? This is every Shlichus we go on. Every time we meet somebody, every opportunity is you're like meant to connect the dots and retell, and tell the story. That's Ashgach HaPratis. But it's up to us to connect those dots. And uh, and and uh, put it all together. Meanwhile, it's in the domain of klipa. That's lovan. So lovan is rooted in a very high place, but then when it shatters, it's in a place of bandanega. Lovan zed the klipa. Osagal benele benakdusha. Yeah. I'm having difficulty understanding what you said that it's happening now, also because you said that the did the bira. When the rebbe said. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if it's happening now. Well, the shvira, even if the bir is finished, as the Rebbe said, we still have to be aware of it. So in that sense, right, why? I don't know if the, if the letters are being splattered now. Still, I mean. Okay, that I can't tell you. I wasn't. I didn't visit tell you lately. But um, I would say yes. 
because even if they're not being splattered, even they're not being uh, scattered, what do we say? Uh, shattered. shattered. In a way that we have to necessarily elevate the sparks, but they're being shattered in a way that doesn't that keeps our eyes closed. So we're still living in a world where the story is not being told. There we go. So, right. it could be a Shvita Sakhalim. per se is not a bad thing. Shvita the results. So let's say all the sparks were gathered, but now we still have to... Like the story, all the pieces were gathered, but we're not reading the story. So they're not reading the story, there's, there's still a concealment. You, know, you want to call it Shvita Sakhalim? Maybe not, but there's definitely a Helen. Okay, so I'm not going to argue with this point. I'm not not that much of an expert. Let me see. Maybe we stop here. Let's see. Let me just see where where the next uh, where the next station here is. I have to know where the next gas station is. One second. Okay, we can stop right here. No, so we'll stop here, Bandanega, and then we're going to learn. We're going to continue with Gal. Before you, one second, before you go, let me just say. So we began. Page uh, 208 began Discourse 28, beginning the first half of chapter 10.